Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with the Stanley Cup champions! This podcast is all over social media, so follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also, the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Real quick, we're going to have the Athletics Ben standing on after our little convo here. And then also, of course, we have another top five after that. So, pack show. Yeah, man. We're going all out for uh, Super Bowl weekend. Yes, we are. So, speaking of which, you excited about the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Because here's the thing. I don't hate both teams. I don't have a dog in the fight. So, I think it'll just be an enjoyable game to watch. Hopefully, it's actually good. But it's not one of those games where I just hate both teams, like when the Eagles played the Patriots. It was torture watching that game. I couldn't believe that I had to root for the Patriots in that game. I know. I was so sad when the Eagles won that game. It's like, God, they they finally have one, those motherfuckers. Now they have one. Now they have one. They can't use the, oh, well, we have five world championships or whatever. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Losers. Uh, Enjoy your one. Right. Speaking of the teams that are in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs. They're getting a little heat over this name and the tomahawk chop and the whole deal. It's about damn time. Yeah, right? It's about damn time. Yeah, they're like, well, we stopped fans from now having the headdresses in the stadium. Well, brah fucking oh. Good job. It's so ridiculous. And, you know, you watch these games and we said it before, the announcers don't pretend like it's not even there. Nope. They're like talking over the tomahawk chop and this glorious event that's happening because they're a winning team, I guess. That's the reason. I don't know. They're the team in the NFL right now. Right. They don't want to screw that up. They've got Mahomes. I mean, he's the new face of the NFL. And if they were in the situation, we've talked about this time and time again, if they were a middling 7-9 and nine team or you know they were 3-13 and 13 the year before... That shit would have been changed already. Absolutely. They'd be called the chefs. <laughs> Great name. Want to get away? <laughs> yeah. uh, that was a good one. That was back in the day when the the commercials were good. Yeah. Was that a Super Bowl commercial? I, I don't I know. I think so. Was I think it? that's where it debuted. That's where it debuted. Those want to get away commercials of Southwest. But yeah, man, this is the biggest double standard that I have seen. Washington, fine. They had the big name. Okay, they had the racist name. Now it's bo- it was supposed to trickle down from there. Okay, the flagship's gone of the Native American derogatory terms. And it was supposed to go from there. The Cleveland Indians, they're changing their name. But the Atlanta Braves, 
and these Kansas City Chiefs, man, they're staying hard on this, and there's no criticism out there. They've got a couple guys picketing outside in front of the Super Bowl that are going to be doing their usual, but this isn't getting media attention like it did with Washington, that's for sure. And they're so unapologetic about it, too, you know, with the chop and everything. Washington fans never did stuff like that. Hell no. Yeah, I mean, you have you had Chief Z, but, you know, he was beloved. But for the most part, I mean, you got the hogs. You, they, there was nothing Look, really specific towards Native Americans except for, you know, an extremely racist name. But yeah, yeah. except. <laughs> but yeah, it, like you said, Matt, and that's a good point. They're so unapologetic about it. If you want, this is how chest puffed out they are about their name. You would think after Washington lost theirs, they would have at least said to the fans, look, guys, you want to keep the name? We're getting rid of the headdresses. We did that. Let's keep this tomahawk shit on the DL. Yeah. All right. And get rid of everything. And the only thing that we have is an arrow on the side of our helmet. And the name. But no, they're double down. We're a good team. Fuck you. So hopefully uh, something comes of it. Apparently Goodell, I don't know if you saw this, Matt, where he was being interviewed pregame for the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. He slipped up. He said the R word. He did. He he did. And and that goes into their hearts aren't in this. If he felt it was that important, you're the president and the commissioner of an entire organization. Well, him and Maurice Smith were both fans of the team. Right. I mean, growing up, it's difficult to break from that. And somebody said that they said football club. Did they? See? I'm telling you. And if anybody hasn't seen it, another thing. Sorry, I'm kind of changing gears here for just a second. It's your show, Noel. The Axios (laughs) interview with uh, Jason Wright. Everybody has to check that interview out. It was awesome. I've heard him speak and been in press conferences and things like that. But Axios, I watch periodically, and they get very open. For whatever reason, everybody, when they go on this show, it's like it's not an interview. I've never They're just heard very, what is Axios. What is yeah, it? Yeah. It's a show on HBO. It's oh, a, it, they do okay. interviews and things like that, and they do different. It's a topical show. Okay. This guy goes around. He does interviews, and he was talking to Jason Wright about discrimination in sports and things of that nature. I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to go over the whole thing. My point is, he was initially a fan of the football club name. So I, th- I think my name. You like to pat yourself on the back for your calls. I'm saying I think that that transition might happen. I think it's an easier flowing name just sounds so much better sounds so much better but anyway everybody should check out that interview with jason wright you know they were talking about like the football team name might be clunky and all that during the interview it was a solid interview and um the chiefs need to change their name to kcfc there you go yeah they better they better they're or they're out of here yeah sure yeah yeah right they win this ain't no coming back no all right well next up ben standing so stick around for that it's almost that time when you put your name in a grid and hope that your box hits the final score, but you don't have to wait until February to start winning. With Boxes, you can play box pools every day for every game. Boxes is completely free to play, and you can win big. Washington football fans who download the app from the App Store or go to Boxes.com, that's B-O-X-I-Z.com, and use our code BROS20 to get free bonus boxes where you can win cash and prizes. We'll have new games every week and incredible prizes in the playoffs. And for the big game, that will include tickets to next year when fans can finally return in 2021. So go to boxes.com for more info or download the app now. 
B-O-X-I-Z. Use the code BROS20 when you sign up and when you enter our contest. It's free for you and your friends to get in and win. Boxes. It's anyone's game. Let's bring in Washington football team and NFL reporter for The Athletic, host of Standing Room Only podcast, of course, that you can find everywhere. If you're listening to this, you can find it in this app that you're currently listening to. So please do that. Ben Standing, welcome back. Hey, fellas, I I, I appreciate it. My I got this new mic. I was just telling you about it. It just tipped over. I don't know what's going on here. It's very confusing, but I, pr- I appreciate. Uh, sorry about the noise. If anybody heard that, but I appreciate the uh, the invite back. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I bet you that didn't hey. happen with Jay, huh? <laughs> uh, I know. Unfortunately, this is the, the that was the last interview I conducted. I didn't have any mic. I just talked, and uh, that was pre mic. Yeah, he, he sounded really good. I think he was just talking into his phone or his computer. I don't know what was going on, but like I even had people comment to me, but like Jay sounded like he was in a professional studio. He did. Like, no, he really I did. I was actually yeah. going to say the same thing. I, I, I didn't notice anything. He was sort of we were on Zoom looking at each other, but he was sort of. Let's just say the camera angle was like sort of not like perfect. It was like sort of mm-hmm. you know chin up. So I don't know what was going on down there, but I I, didn't, I can't comprehend he was using a professional setup. <laughs> right. so. He doesn't even have Twitter. How can he figure out a mic? You know, I don't know exactly. But uh, speaking of Twitter, you can also follow Ben at Ben Standig. So please do that. Third appearance, amazingly enough, you've actually exceeded Bram's appearances on our show. So congratulations for You're that. Big right? time now, man. To, uh, oh yeah, big time. Uh, I, I, I appreciate that. I need I need all the practice I can get. <laughs> well, um, how are things with you since the last time we spoke? Um, when did we speak last? Do we remember what part of the season? Oh was, gosh, or? it was probably yeah. mid-season okay. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, you know, to say the least, this season, it was both a blur and a nightmare and a lot of fun all all wrapped in one. I mean, it was just a lot going on. I definitely got worn down, to be honest, like personally by late in the year, because like really 20. I mean, look, in the relative scheme of the world, everything's fine. No, no real, you know, no real complaints, real world complaints. But obviously 2020 was exhausting for all of us. But covering this team specifically, really, from the <laughs> moment that Ron Rivera, Bruce Allen gets fired, and Ron Rivera get tired. How much downtime really was there? Yeah. Um, not much. A little bit in the late spring, and then once we got to like the beginning of June, when you had the, the sexual harassment stories came out and the name change, and really from that point on, it just never stopped until hmm. they lose to Tampa Bay. So um, I, I think honestly, the first like couple weeks after the season, I, well, not 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 I, not I think first two and a half three weeks, I don't think I shaved at all. I started looking like Grizzly Adams. <laughs> Um, I was wearing like the same two sweatshirts every day. Nice. I really just went cake. Yeah, I work from home. I do that. Anyway. I went like straight caveman style. Um, so coming out of that a little bit and, you know, there's still obviously a lot to do with this team, you know, the quarterback situation, obviously they just dealt with the, with the front office changes and, um, you know, free agency, the draft will be here soon enough. So never stops, but, uh, you know, no, no, like I said, no, no real complaint that's hanging in there. Hey, it keeps you in a, it keeps you in a job. Yeah, and we always have something to talk about, which is yeah. nice, you know. But at the same time, hopefully this offseason is a little quieter, for you at least, Ben. I mean, you know, look, we'll see what happens with this franchise. There is still, you know, the ownership fight out there. I know today we're yeah. talking on Thursday, right? Today's Thursday. Uh, mm-hmm. Roger Goodell, in his State of the League uh, speech or press conference at the at the Super Bowl, I think one he of the... Used the R-word. Oh, did he? Yeah, he sure yeah. did. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. So, and uh, Damara Smith actually said, oh, it's Washington football team. And he was like, oh, yes. Uh, but I guess he was asked about the investigation by the Beth Wilkinson, this attorney that was brought in, it's supposed to be, you know, independent, whatever. He said it could be wrapped up 
soon. And then the, he also ho- said he's hopeful there'll be some resolution with the ownership. So those are obviously two big things, not football related, but obviously connected to the owner and therefore uh, important. And, um, you know, I think one thing that's going to be interesting is, so we got introduced yesterday to Marty Herney and Martin Mayhew. And with Rivera, that's the new, uh, you know, power structure there on the football side. And I don't think those dudes are much for talking. Uh, you know, we were kind of told, like, don't expect one-on-ones with them. I mean, not that we ever had one with Kyle. He spoke at the Combine, and that was pretty much it, Kyle Smith. Um, so it's going to be Ron Rivera. But, like, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens in terms of – I don't want to say leaks because that would I don't want to infer that I, who, who over there, if anybody is talking. But at the same point, like, those dudes don't seem like the kind of guys who are gossipy or – even if they have to talk maybe pre-draft or free agency, I don't see them saying too much based on the performance they gave yesterday. Yeah, I mean, they seem really tight to the vest, and I think that's one of the big reasons why he brought them in is because they they definitely, even in that press conference, seem this is in-house, and we're keeping it that way. And Rivera's had that philosophy since day one. Everything stays here. You guys will get the information that you need, and I'll share as, as willing as I am. Talking about your Jay Gruden conversation, which was fantastic, I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on the on the rumor with Derek Carr. When you talked to him about it, I mean, he was honest, as he always tends to be to a fault during the interview. But then when you asked him about the Derek Carr situation, he kind of tightened up a little bit. There's no conceivable way that he doesn't know how John Gruden really feels about Derek Carr, right? So what was he trying to do? Was he trying to up his brother's trade value for Carr? Or in, in reality, I mean, what do you think the chances are that Washington is going to trade for them? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I forget exactly how I, I followed up with that. I was like, well, I mean, you guys obviously talk, right? When you say you don't know what he's going to do, you must have an idea or something. Yeah, you really dug into him. I was impressed. <laughs> That's tough to do. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, yes, I would assume they have casual conversations. I mean, I guess in Whatever. I guess Jacksonville being where the Jacksonville was, maybe John Gruden doesn't consider them part of the NFL, so he doesn't worry about <laughs> telling his brother stuff. And obviously, they were in very different. They're in very different places um, with you know whatever. But um, yeah, I would imagine he has some idea. I mean, he did say, look, he thought Derek Carr had a great year and said he would be stunned if he got rid of him. I think the one thing because I was just listening back to it and transcribing some of that, uh, I'll, I'll sort of put the some of the Q and A up on the Athletic. But one part that stood out to me was. He says, you know, it's not just about this next season. It's about the next five or six seasons because John will be there. And that is a very good point. John Gruden's had a what, 10-year yeah. contract, right? Right. Both coaches have no idea. You know, I mean, you know, Ron Rivera signed a five-year deal. Look, uh, not suggesting it will remotely happen, but who knows what happens in a year, let alone. But John Gruden, he signed a ton of money. He'll be there for a while, right? Um, and because of that, that's a lot of job security. And you may, he, who knows? Maybe he does think to himself – because the rumor essentially was that teams are interested in Derek Carr. I've been ironically been told earlier this week that people uh, people don't really see Derek Carr getting traded. And even in this, the report, it said the odds are likely it won't happen. But the one scenario was, well, could they pry Deshaun Watson away from Houston? And if they could, now you're setting yourself up for a better quarterback for the longer haul. And the longer haul is something that Jay Gruden, sorry, John Gruden, can consider. So I don't know. It's interesting. I highly doubt Derek Carr gets moved for all kinds of reasons. I think Mar- Marcus Mariota is the quarterback there to keep an eye on. I- I'm not saying specifically for Washington, but in terms of we're all trying to guess the game of who's Washington's next turning quarterback. <laughs> uh, I would think Mariota, at least in terms of a guy who would be in the mix is more likely than say Derek Carr. Like you said, I think that the Raiders will entertain 
trades, just like anybody, any good GM or coach will entertain trades. I, I think with the Derek Carr situation, anybody's going to entertain if Deshaun Watson is in the mix. You're going from probably a top 15 quarterback, top 20 quarterback to a top five quarterback. So with that being said, but you're right, I don't know if Washington has the value where they want to just take picks for Derek Carr and then unless they're extremely comfortable with Mariota. Here's what I think, and I suspect this is part of the problem. People, so what What? What was the trade that the the Lions just got for Stafford, right? People will say they got two first-round picks. They right. didn't really. They got one. They got a first and a third, and then they took on Jared Goff's contract and, and the player and got another first. If you take Jared Goff out, they got a first and a third. That, to me, is the price that they got. So when you're talking about Derek Carr – they're not all, I mean, look, all it takes is one team to say we love Derek Carr. Absolutely. And that being said, at this point in time, we lost out on the Stafford deal. From your vibe, is Washington still going to be looking for a long-term quarterback? Are they going to stay put? Is it going to be like the Amari Cooper situation where they put their foot in the water, it didn't work out, so now they're going to go with the status quo and say, well, we tried, tried for one, and uh, now we're going to go with what we know. Yeah, that's the exact anal- uh, example I used in, in um, I think I even, I don't remember if I used that in my question to Rivera yesterday. I'm pretty sure I know I used it in my article that I wrote off of that. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if you guys listened to the whole uh, press conference that we had. It was like over Zoom. It was like over 50 minutes with those lot. guys. Yeah. Doing this 50- yeah. I listened to like the first 15. I just, yeah. yeah. No, 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 trust me. I, I, I zoned out at some point. Um, but I, I mean, in those 50 five minutes i'm gonna guess we asked roughly 476 questions about the quarterback <laughs> uh, what's the plan it got hilarious to the point that at one point martin may martin may he was asking because i think you guys are just asking the same question in a different way so i'm not gonna answer um but their basic response was you know we're considering all options everything's on the table that said at least the one question i remember is one i asked ron rivera specifically and that is when you look at where your team is now You've got these young. You've got this defense that's obviously on the rise. You've got all this young talent that gets starts getting expensive in a couple of years. Does this look like an opportunity? Knowing you've gone to make the Stafford play an opportunity to kind of see, you know, to sort of see a moment to seize the opportunity. And he said, "Yeah." I mean, he didn't say he didn't discount that completely. And so I, I'm not taking that to say all of a sudden they're going to trade two firsts for Derek Carr. I just think logically, while the Amari Cooper thing, it was int- it was nice to see personally that they didn't go crazy and just start spending money to get a receiver if the guy wasn't of value. Quarterback is a different situation. Yeah. I can't comprehend. I can't comprehend how you go into the year with Alex Smith as the starter and Ron Rivera was not was non-committal to Alex Smith status. Um, you know, obviously it's pretty cheap to keep Kyle Allen and maybe Taylor Heineke also. And if you want to have those guys and view them as maybe not the young quote-unquote quarterback, but the we'll see what they are, guys, fine. But you still have to do better. I mean, they're going to have a tougher schedule, as we all know. Um, if Dak Prescott's back, I would put Dallas as probably the team to beat, or at least they're going to have to do better than where they're at. So it's not just getting to nine wins. I mean, how do you compete in the NFC for real? That's the, that's the next step. And I don't think they're getting there with Kyle Allen or sure. Taylor Heineke or Alex Smith. But, man, I don't know. These other quarterbacks – are all kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the Stafford had the highest – people talk about the upside. I think that Stafford had the highest floor. Everybody else, I don't know, maybe they get it done, but I can't 
prove it. I can't I can't look at it and say at a baseline that guy's good enough to put some to put me over the top. Um, all, again, of the ones we kind of know to be available. So uh, I think they I think ultimately they do get another veteran quarterback, but. I think it's not an easy call to just point and say that's the guy they're going to get. We've had discussions, Noel and I, about this regarding what to do now because the cupboard's kind of bare from the the free agent list that you see. You're going to have to make a trade or we're talking Cam Newton, maybe Dak Prescott. I know it seems like a crazy idea, but I mean, do you know anything about the negotiations that are going on with the Cowboys? Because they're quiet right now and They've already had a year. We've seen this song and dance with Kirk Cousins. I believe they're not going to franchise him again. That would be the ideal situation. Don't have to trade anybody. You get a top five quarterback or top 10. I'm sure you got some friends in Dallas that uh, have heard some things. Uh, Ironically, I was actually talking to somebody today about this, not for the reasons that you're sort of like, I wasn't going, hey, could they get that Prescott? (laughs) But just uh, talking about whatever. And I guess this seems like the sense, I mean, right now would be if somehow everything falls apart with the contract negotiations and they can't figure out a long-term deal, I guess the expectation is that they actually would go with the franchise tag again. Uh, Take that for what it's worth for the moment. Um, So if that were to happen, then obviously there's no no good. You know, I, I just think no matter what the problem is, if Jerry Jones got a whiff that Dak Prescott would come here, I just say, fine, Dak, here. Here's here's the blank check. Do what you need to do. I can't comprehend he'd let him go, let alone come here. But, yeah, the whole situation is kind of weird, um, how it's played out. Now Dak's coming off the injury. Um, Doesn't seem like that's going to mess with any negotiations, but at the same time, logically, you you would think something. But, yeah, I mean – uh, you know, it's like Deshaun Watson, like my boss, David Aldridge, wrote a story the other day that like they should go all in on on Watson. Sure. Why, I mean, why not? I just I just I can't I can't live in that world. I just live in the more try to live in the more practical world that I don't believe that Prescott will be available. Even if Deshaun Watson is traded, other teams have more stuff to give than Washington. So what am I looking at? I think like Jameis Winston, I don't know if he gets out of New Orleans. And obviously there's there's a reason why he he wasn't picked he wasn't added by any team last year to be a, a starter despite throwing for 5000 yards of Tampa but you know he has a combination of legitimate upside and the cost will be pretty cheap like that to me is kind of interesting um but again there's also a lot of downside with that. And I don't know he actually fits with what they want to do here and the turnovers are uh you know not good I, I looked up his stats his all-time stats against Carolina and his, his touchdown to interceptions are underwater. I'm sure Ron Rivera remembers all that. So, um, but like I said, if you look at the other guys, I mean, you, you know, Andy Dalton, uh, Cam Newton, obviously is going to be a name we'll all talk about. There's this, you know, I, I don't know. I, I struggle with getting excited. So I get why, you know, from a fan perspective, well, what about these other guys? This is way more interesting than every name I just said. Totally right. But I, 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 for now, at least, until I'm told otherwise, I just hard for me to see it how how those guys either get sprung free or how Washington can can make it work. Well, Winston might like uh, Maryland because of all the crabs here. So I'm just go <laughs> ahead. <it>? No. <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me, I, I'm I'm kind of like you, Ben. I, I'm just more in a practical sense. If they can't get what they want or have to mortgage the farm in order to do it. I'd prefer them to just go with a stopgap guy until the dust settles and they can figure out how to get somebody else, whether it be a Tyrod Taylor or even a Cam for one year. While they try to figure things out, obviously, like you said, they have to bring somebody in, but I don't have any delusions of grandeur that that Dallas is going to let Dak go. Just like Dan Snyder gets off of his yacht to mess things up, Jerry Jones will get off of his. His uh, bigger yacht. The bigger right? yacht. So I wanted to ask you, Ben, as well, moving on to 
Kyle Smith, you know, recently has moved on to the Falcons, of course. Yep. I was listening to the interview with him and John Kime. I don't know if you heard it uh, with Rivera and John Kime, I should say. And Rivera basically said that kind of spoke for Kyle Smith, saying that he needed a change of scenery. Not saying that verbatim, but basically what he said. With that being said, Rivera let Kyle Smith and three other scouts go from the previous regime. Obviously, Smith is very talented. Noel and I on this show have talked about how disappointed we are that they let him go. Why are these guys perceived as tainted? Because that's what the, the rumor is going around, because they worked for Bruce. Second part of that, was this a power move by Rivera? basically to show that he's running shit? Or did this come from ownership because of all the legal battles they're fighting and and just wanting to wash the franchise clean? Just don't want to have anybody from the past there. Yeah, I mean, I think on like sort of the positive end of it, I mean, look, ultimately, you know, no matter who the, like, if if you had said a year ago, Ron Rivera comes in and just cleans house, regardless of whatever, just new guy, like, you know, okay, sure. That's what happens. I mean, that's that's pretty common with all, all these all these teams for the most part it's not it's not it's not atypical um for that to, for that to occur you know you get you get rid of the pre- the people who were connected to the previous stuff and, and that's fine sure but it didn't happen Kyle Smith gets promoted they also promoted Jeff Scott uh who was one of the guys just let go I one of these gobbledygook titles but whatever he's he was on the pro side and and so on um they both got promoted and and, and Ron Rivera said nice things about both of them but anyway you bring in Marty Herney and Martin Mayhew you know, I get it. They mixed track records and they're not exciting. But regardless, like it's they have a very credible front office. It's hard to completely say, well, that was that's all bad. So put that part aside. The rest of it, yeah. I mean, so what 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 went down there? I mean, I obviously like everybody else. I tried it all year to try to figure, especially like you know halfway through the year when we were, when Kyle Smith's name came up and Ron Rivera was kind of giving some lukewarm lukewarm responses. And I guess. You know, I don't what I was told, what I've heard, and I wrote about a little bit about this today um, in the athletic is that um, I, I don't get the sense that there was any rift between these guys. But you mentioned sort of the the Bruce Allen aspect of it all. Uh, it does seem like at least there's some sense that that could be part of this. Now, what does that mean? Like, does does Ron Rivera think that these guys are running to Bruce Allen for whatever the reason and telling him stuff, and then Bruce Allen maybe is connected to these minority owners, and that comes into play? Um, and and to that end, I mean, I think there's the, there's some thought that maybe it is more of a Dan Snyder thing that while he's sort of been kept out of the kept out of the mix, I'm sorry, he stayed out. You know, Ron Rivera's kind of running the show. That right. Perhaps he had a little more influence in that. And even if you listen to R- Rivera's answers, you know, try to read between the lines. He didn't say Kyle Smith stinks. He didn't say it was negative. He said good things. And he, what, he tried to say Kyle Smith maybe needed to go somewhere else right. um, for his own good. You know, maybe it, if you want to infer that that sounds like a guy who can't quite say that, like, maybe I had to sort of shove some people out. I mean, these four people in particular – I, I think that's why it becomes interesting. It, it, perhaps did the owner get involved to some degree? You know, look, obviously we all, whenever, anytime anybody says something about the owner, we all, antennas go up. Sure. Oh, no, what does this mean? So I, I don't know that for a fact. That's just what, you know, I've heard some people suggest. Um, and, you know, look, in, none of us can say for sure the other three. It's like this uh, Shane Waldron situation. Nobody had heard of Shane Waldron when he was right. here. So I don't want to hear anybody telling me now, <laughs> oh, they shouldn't let Shane Waldron go as if like anybody here had a clue. <laughs> so anybody, if any of the other three guys turn into become the next Bobby Beathard, I mean, you know, God bless him. But um, I mean, I know who some of them are, but you know, I mean, like broadly, no, nobody knows. Kyle Smith is a little more interesting though. We we have gotten to know him. He was credited for their for their drafts, which have been pretty good in recent years. And then this past season, he's the head of the front office under Rivera. 
they had a really good offseason with free agency and the draft. So it's like, and he's a young guy. I was on the come. Uh, the whole Sean McVay, wait, are you holding this guy go? So I get why that one's going to be a little more interesting to watch. Atlanta scooped him up. And I heard people around the league told me for sure. They think some people definitely think Washington made a mistake letting him go. Like personally, I kind of wonder, could you not, could you have brought in Herney or Mayhew and then had Kyle Smith move up? Rivera said he thought about adding more people because he was doing too many responsibilities beyond coaching last season, right. which seemed obvious that was, that was going to happen. You couldn't have brought in. I'm just making this up. Uh, pick, pick it. Mar, Mar, you know, it seemed like Marty Herney was kind of the one he wanted to bring in. You couldn't have brought in Herney to be GM. Have Kyle Smith do what he's doing. Bring in, you know, bump up Eric Stokes like they did uh, to a different spot. Maybe bring in another person. Or I don't know. Seems like there was ways to get around it if the goal was just to get some more help. So that's why maybe I have to wonder. Yeah. Well, what were the reasons why you didn't view Kyle Smith? And I did ask him that, and he said, you know whatever he said about just wanting to to kind of move on. So, Well, f- from what we've heard, I guess they just could not coexist at one point in time. The, Rivera just wanted to move in a different direction, and that's very apparent. Initially, I think he kept Kyle out of sheer necessity. I mean, who else at that point coming in was he going to bring in in order to help immediately? Kyle Smith had been in the organization, but I think he was on borrowed time since day one. And that's very apparent now. What I'm really concerned about moving to my question, Ben, is, and Matt and I have talked about this, is deep in the draft. You need that geek in the room. And I feel that that analytic guy. And I feel like Kyle Smith was that. And you've got this old school mentality thinking with the heart guys and not the guys that sit there and do binary code. And Kyle Smith could have been that guy. Even if they wanted to bring in all, have a threesome, they could have had a foursome with Kyle. I don't think it would have hurt anything. Now, I don't know if Kyle didn't want to stay at the same position or not, but it just makes sense that they could have just had that other point of view for the deeper draft part of it. Do you guys follow on Twitter that records and radio guy, Danny? No. Oh, you don't know him? No. No. He's like a he's like a Twitter Twitter legend. He was one of the first guys that always put up videos from every or gifts from everything. But anyway, his one of his one of his bits. Whenever somebody says something that's uh, of a certain nature, he has a hashtag uh, accentual Twitter. So when you said threesome and foursome, that's where my head went. Um, <laughs> All right. Get it out of the gutter, uh, there, Ben. I knew somebody's head was in the gutter. I didn't expect it to be you, Ben. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, maybe it's maybe because I just talked to Gruden and my head is like, I'm, I'm, so free, yeah, I'm, there free, you go. I'm just free flowing. I'm, I'm just letting it go like Jay, like Jay does. Um, you know, look, it's a fair criticism. I mean, you know, Marty Herney and, and Martin Mayhew, I, I haven't done like the full deep dive, but like broadly, you know, we look at what they've done and, and talk to some people. They did really good in the first round. The later rounds were not as good. Herney in particular, that was a big, that was a big issue. And so, there's something to be said for that. Now, the, the thing is, and this is where it gets tricky, is you're in a room with people and people are making decisions and who's ultimately the one that said draft, you know, we like Cameron Curl, sign Logan Thomas. We've all heard Ron Rivera talk about tight end coach Pete Hainer is the one he keeps mentioning was really into Logan Thomas. Well, how did they? How did Logan Thomas's name get in front of Pete Hainer? Did Pete Hainer pull it out of thin air? Right. Or did some scout, right. some pro scout say, hey, here's some names to look at. Then based on that, you look at it. Like that was the story I'd always heard with like Cole Holcomb. Jay Gruden got some credit for that, but Jay Gruden didn't himself say, hey, this linebacker from North Carolina. He just, at some point, a scout said, we like this guy. Take a look at some of the, some players. Gruden did, liked what he saw 
from that, they ended up picking uh, Cole Holcomb. So that's the whole point. That's what makes it kind of interesting is, you know, how does how does Ron Rivera see this? It's you know, whether he's ultimately making certain decisions or not in terms of the draft picks, whatever. Um, you know, I, the the how, how do you get how do you get the information in front of you? You know, who are you sending out to buy the ingredients, even if you're making the meal or whatever that whatever that analogy kind of is? <laughs> the parcels. And, and, yeah. I got you. And, and, yeah, and, I got like, you. and so you know, look, they did keep at this point they have kept the entire college scouting department other than. Kyle Smith, which is not an other than, but like, you know, it, it, all these other guys were there last year too, when they had a successful draft and got Antonio Gibson and, and Cam Curl and so on. So, you know, you have to hope that some of the, you know, if you're watching it, some of those guys are, were part of the reason why they had a successful draft. And, you know, uh, the pro side has definitely been turned over, but, you know, again, it's not like Mayhew and, and Herney are, are chopped liver. So you have to hope that they have some good thoughts on her and Mayhew, you know, the last couple of years, you know, it was with San Francisco. They obviously did a pretty good job, you know, won the NFC a year ago and so on. So, you know. And he got yeah. promoted on, you know, one of the better rosters in the league. So obviously he was doing something right. And that was one of my arguments as well, because his track record in Detroit obviously is not great. But the fact that he got that promotion by John Lynch, you know, could speak volumes about where he's gotten to at this point in his career. So let's hope that works out. And I can, and I don't know this for a fact, so I'm going to say, but like, just like here, if we just, if somebody from 30,000 feet looked at Washington's situation and said, boy, who cares? Why would you worry about Kyle Smith? They got, they drafted Dwayne Haskins. Well, we, he being here, no, if you listen to my Jay Green interview, but if we kind of heard this already, that while well, the owner kind of interjected himself to pick this guy and, and Bruce Allen, right. like I've been told previously that like the Bryce Love pick was more of a Bruce Allen pick than it was necessarily the front office or things like that. So, you know, that you mean, so you don't know, like did Martin Mayhew, who knows, did the ownership tell him to do something or did, did the head coach at some point say, hey, no, I want to do what, you know. It, yeah, all these things it's always are always a power struggle and, everywhere, right? And, and some right. everybody has a different yeah, yeah. kind of power struggle. Everybody's got a yeah. boss, right? You got it. <laughs> Last one here for you, Ben, and we'll let you go. Who do you got on Sunday? Well, the easy pick would be Tampa, or sorry, Kansas City. I think we in the athletic asked us all to make predictions, and I'm pretty sure I went with the Bucks. I mean, I, I'm a I've always been Ooh, I've always been on the Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning side of the argument, like uh, passionately so because the Peyton Manning backers are crazy people. <laughs> Um, and Tom Brady, Tom Brady is, you know, the the goat for all the reasons. But I'm not picking him because he's won six Super Bowls. Uh, but I, I just think I don't know. I, I think Tampa Bay's defense is really good. And again, it would be easy to pick Kansas City. If I was going to put around real money, I don't know if I would pick Tampa. But I think Tampa's defense is good. Kansas City's offensive lines beat up. And um, I, I don't know. I'm not buying the home field. That doesn't mean anything. No. But. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll just to be slightly contrarian, and so I can say, "See, I told you." But I'll do you around. really, think, really believe that? Come on, Ben. I look. It's, <laughs> is that your heart or your mind? It's hard. It's hard seeing anybody stopping Mahomes. I will say, I interviewed Antonio Gibson the other day. Oh, that was a great interview too on the podcast. Uh, I was like, "Hey, your turf top one. How are you doing?" And two, can you imagine like how Patrick Mahomes what he's got to deal with? And because Gibson said he's still dealing with it now. So you know, if it's not if Mahomes is ninety percent, not a hundred. Uh, you know, maybe, but yeah, I, I'll stick with Tampa Bay. I'm confident we'll go with the Bucks, thirty-one twenty-eight. All right, wow, giving the score too. Good job, man. All right, we'll see. Uh, all right, man. Well, well, thank you so much for being on. We really, really appreciate it as always. Uh, can't wait for the next time. You know, let's not have so much time in between next time. You know. <laughs> 
at, at this point, at this point, I have nowhere to be until training camp. So, Perfect. Uh, nice. Not, you know, send invitation. <laughs> so, we'll talk. So you're going to be on twice a week then, right? We're good. Uh, I've, I've, I've already done three podcasts of my own this week, and I, I, I might do, I might oh, do another man. one. We'll see. I don't know. So, yeah, why not? Working overtime. Over well, there. well, enjoy the game, man. And again, thanks for yeah, coming and, on. Yeah, and again, it, guys. you can follow Ben at Ben Standing on Twitter. Again, please check out his podcast. Uh, what's it called again? Oh, Standing, Standing Room, room only. only Podcast. <laughs> you guys, Standing Room Only. And then also... Uh, Your competition. Yeah. That's why he, he didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, uh, obviously, the work you do for The Athletic. Such deep dives into the team we love and hate so much all at the same time. So, But after the break, we'll have another Top 5 Friday talking some Super Bowl kind of stuff. And uh, Ben, thanks again. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Welcome back. Well, it's Friday. So the Friday before the Super Bowl and quick note, we will be doing our Super Bowl predictions after the top five is completed. So stick around for that. So you're stuck listening to the top five. Deal with it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but on today's installment of this top five Friday, we will be going over our list of top five reasons your Super Bowl experience sucks. <laughs> what does that mean? There's to you a lot of them. <laughs> There's a bunch of them. I don't want to spoil it, but everybody goes into it like it's New Year's Eve. You know, like, yay! You know, Super Bowl Sunday, whoopee! And then you're kind of like, you know, once you get in the heat of the battle, like, all right, it's, it's just, just another game. It's just another game that's just fucking long. But I think also the lead up to the Super Bowl, things like that, like everything that yeah. all-encompassing Super Bowl shit that we have to deal with for those two weeks... And it just seems a drag forever. Are the commercials going to be good? What's the halftime show going to look like? And then you get there and you're like, all right, well, you know, it's just a glamorized football game. But let's get to the top five. Let's do that. All right. (laughs) All right, Noel, what's your number five? Number five is if you're having a Super Bowl party and nine times out of ten, the game sucks. So you got these people there and there's always a few that overstay their welcome. Mm-hmm. They're like standing around. You're like, look, dude, the game's done. Get the fuck out of my house already. You can go home. It's a Sunday night. You know, everybody's got work in the morning. What the hell are you doing? You don't need to see them raise the Vince Lombardi trophy. Get the hell out of here. We know what's happening. It's annoying. Pretty sure go it's home. on your TV too, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or listen to it on the radio on the way home. You don't need to stay around. Now, if it's a nail biter, fine. Sure, that's what you're there to do. But if the game is in the bag, what the hell are you still hanging around my house for? I don't have parties. All, and most of the time, it's not even a person that you know. It's somebody that your wife invited over, something like that. And you're like, dude, I want to get change into my freaking boxers, and I want to sit on my couch now. And not have small if talk. If, right. If, unless you're going to stay here and clean this shithole up, <laughs> then get the hell out. So, yeah, that's my number five. Yeah, that's a good one, Noel. It's a good one. But uh, my my number five is how the announcers say everything is a Super Bowl record. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, how annoying is that? There's no Super Bowl record. I mean, I guess technically there is, but you could say that about any game of the, the 16 weeks. That's a week 13 record or something. You know, it's just dumb as shit. And it's like they're trying to 
pull whatever they can to make it out to make it sound like it's it's special in some way. What we're watching right here is history in the making. You know what I mean? Right. And it's bullshit. You're absolutely right. Or that player that nobody knows, that diamond in the rough that makes that 99-yard run that breaks the Super Bowl record, and he'll go down in infamy, no matter if he does nothing the rest (laughs) of his entire career, which it has happened. Absolutely. A la Timmy Smith. Yeah. That you have that one game that um, you were a child, you know, Running that same play when you were seven years old, and now you get to do it on the big stage. Yeah, it's like the original record was 99 and a quarter yards, and now, you know, and then now it's 99 and a half. That's the new yeah. record. That's literally happened. Though yeah, it's yeah. like awesome, great, okay. What the fuck's your point? Who gives a shit? It's a showcase. They're just trying to add, like you said, drama to the whole thing, and it's just stupid. Mm-hmm. Be immersed in the game. Watch the game. Hope that it's good. We don't need to see these nickel and di- nickel and dime, you know, uh, all time record of completions. <laughs> Who cares? You know, gives a shit. But Doug Williams did break the uh, third quarter or second quarter, I should say, <laughs> for his record, right? Yes. So we'll always remember <laughs> that. That's the only one that counts. All right. What's your number four at all? And like I said before, most of, a lot of times these games aren't what they are cracked up to be. And number four is sitting through a shitty game. How many times? There's a few diamonds in the rough. Falcons, Patriots. Yeah, but you're sitting there and you're watching this game that you probably, if it was any other game, would have turned off. But you have this not a fan complex, Mm -hmm. right? That it's the Super Bowl, so I've got to sit here and watch it. If I miss a play and then I talk to my boys at work, they're like, really? Really? You didn't watch the last play of the third quarter when (laughs) that guy got hit? Like, no, sorry, man. The game was in the bag, and they were down by 28. I apologize that I took a break from the game for a minute. What an insane catch. They were down by 30. But, like, who gets Yeah, man. Like, oh, my God. Like, you didn't see Tom Brady throw his fourth touchdown pass? Like, yeah, real fan, man. in garbage time. So, yeah, everybody sits around for six hours watching a shitty-ass game. And even if it's close sometimes, it's still a shitty game to watch. And a lot of times you're like, God, I wish I had my Sunday ticket so I could flip around or put on the red zone. Like, yeah, that uh, Rams-Patriots game was a 13-3. Awful game game but we sat there and watched every play Mm -hmm. like it was good it was one of the worst games i had ever seen in my life you know it reminds me of a christmas movie like you feel like you have to like it because you're supposed to like it and you're crazy if you don't that was my point with all those shitty christmas movies that everybody says are great and go back to the top five worst christmas movies or yeah for those that are just tuning in for the first time (laughs) there was a top five Worst Christmas movies or overrated Christmas yes. movies, whatever the hell it was called. So, yeah. yes, that's what he's referencing. It's a towards. very similar situation. You know, you kind of yep. have to sit there and you feel obligated to like it, just like you have to feel obligated to laugh at Christmas Vacation, even though it wouldn't be funny compared to regular movies. We're not getting into this. <laughs> all right. This is another top five. That's People can go back. Christmas Vacation is a good movie. We've established that, everyone. He's an idiot. What's your number four, Matt? <laughs> all right. My number four is when women are at your Super Bowl party that you really didn't want to have in the first place. And they come in, ask you stupid questions during the game. And typically, it's the only game they've watched all year long. What's that line there? Uh, It's the first down marker. What's a first down? (laughs) You know, (laughs) 
is that line really there? Yeah, right. And it's like, oh my God. And it's bad enough if it's a bad game and you're forced to watch and still have to answer questions. Right. I'm sure everybody's experienced this. Imagine you have money on the game oh, or, yeah. you know, you have the, that squ- that stupid square game and you're like, I just need that field goal. And you've got this <laughs> idiot squawking about, uh, my God, like, look at the color of those pants just want to destroy someone or you know they use the super bowl to learn what football is yeah imagine if washington was in the super bowl i mean number one i'd be in a cave alone i'm not gonna yeah no this isn't even applicable to that (laughs) right but i'm saying that's the whole point of this experience matt and that's why we say that they're can suck because it's all inclusive you know and going back to the announcer thing sometimes they'll say things that are like for the complete layman right you know or just like when they'll make a movie Mm -hmm. that you're all invested in it and they have to make the movie so generic for like the person that doesn't even know who superman is yeah you know, they, shit it, like that. So that's what they do. So it's shit for everybody. I hate when they do that and, and they like explain the plot line. Yeah, you know, exactly. That kind of thing. You got to explain everything because, yeah, hey, everybody, Superman grew up in Kansas. If you don't know that by now, then you shouldn't be watching the movie. Okay. <laughs> they do that with sports movies all the time and it pisses Absolutely. me off. Those little things like for people that have never seen a football game before. Yeah, exactly. Like, so like, you can put it into con- it's Right, right. Because it's an all-inclusive shit. And, and the thing is, everybody's miserable at that point when you include everyone. Yeah. What's your number three, Noel? Number three is back to kind of the Super Bowl party thing. Instead of you being the host, now you're going to somebody's house. And you don't really know anybody there, or you're the new guy, and you walk in, and there's no damn seats. So now, you're in this person's house that you don't even want to be there to begin with, and there's like a wood stool that you have to sit on for six fucking hours watching a ge- watching this game, or like no, the happened. kitchen table across the room. Like, where the hell are you? am I supposed to sit? Everybody's comfy on the couches and the lazy boys. You're standing there like a schlemiel. <laughs> And uh, you're thinking, now what? Now what do I do? Well, to expand on that, my number three is actually leaving my house for a Super Bowl party I don't want to go to. So it's kind of similar in a way, because typically I've been forced to go to Super Bowl parties that I barely know the person and, and, you know, Kristen's selling me on, oh, they really like football and, you know, the whole sales pitch. Right. That ended years ago, by the way. It's understood now. You you chipped away at that marble. You (laughs) polished it, created that statue in exactly the way you wanted it. Yeah, there's no... Kind of. Kind of. (laughs) Not for everything. In that way. In that way. At least football's sacred still uh, in my household. But, you know, it's the worst to go to somebody's house you barely know or that you've... I've gone to people's houses that I have never even met before. So you're automatically low man on the totem pole. Yeah. So of course you're going to get the shittiest seat in the house. And then you're sitting there like, hmm, hey. um," And then you have to be on and talk or else you're an asshole if you don't. Yeah, you're either A, you're an asshole that you're not talking or like that awkward weirdo in the corner. Yeah. Like that's like picking at the plant. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Can I just ever just turn my brain off and just be left alone and just watch a football game? Right. Is that possible? No. And then on top of that, you're on a seat that's made for like a torture device (laughs) the entire time. Like, okay, so let me get this straight. I work all week. I sit in a freaking office chair. I've got downtime on Sunday. Probably have soccer games all damn day on Saturday. And then now on top of that, you want me to go over to somebody's house that I don't fucking know and sit on a freaking pike (laughs) ain't happening 
There's no way. Well, and it's happened in my house. We actually had a Super Bowl party a couple years ago and, you know, just got the screen and everything really excited. A couple people that I, I barely knew came over. I didn't even invite them. And I've got a couple stools over here. I've got four recliners. And the one guy was sitting on this <laughs> terribly <laughs> uncomfortable stool. You've got the recliner up. Oh, yeah. We're feet. Beer are, in uh, hand. And, and it's definitely based off of the totem pole status. The Absolutely. guys that were sitting in the chairs, I like them. This guy barely knew the and fuck the thing he was. Is, and you knew when you looked over him like, damn, that sucks, man. Oh, yeah. You know you were looking over it and just hoped that there was no eye contact. Because either A... You knew that he was just miserable, or B, you were going to actually have to talk to him. Well, and then I'm like, okay, well, hey, hey, uh, person, I'm not going to use his name, but can hey, I get person. you another chair? I mean, <laughs> or you like, want a pillow? Yeah, and he's like, oh no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. And, and, and of course, you're going to say I'm and good. And they're always fine. They're, you know? you're always <laughs> fine. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. You're fucked. That's never happening again. I'm calling <laughs> it on this show. All right. So, what is your number two, Noel? My number two is people that are loud during the game. And then when the stupid commercials come on, all of a sudden they want it quiet. Those are the worst. That's the worst. Like, shush. Oh, we've got the Budweiser. Look at the Dalmatian. Like, shut up. <laughs> like, you've been cackling the entire game. And then all of a sudden, Beyonce comes on and now it has to be a pin drop. Fuck you. Well, all right. And that can be combined with the women that ask questions throughout the entire game. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to be as chauvinist <laughs> as you, but yeah, I, that's why I said people. But yeah, that one, all of a sudden, it's just they're clamoring for the television and want dead silence when the commercials come on and when the halftime show comes on. Beyond that, it's all hell breaks loose. It's so true, especially during halftime. I mean, it oh, is. Oh, God. You can hear a pin drop in the house if you have a party. You just got to sit there. And it's nine times long. out of ten, they suck. Question for you. What's the greatest uh, Super Bowl halftime show, in your opinion? The Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake <laughs> one? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to drop my first Tom Petty reference ever on this show. Tom Petty, by far, is the greatest yeah, Super Bowl solid. halftime show. R.I.P. R.I.P. The GOAT. So, yeah, that gets me fired up. I don't like to be shushed, but don't shush me when you've been going nuts the entire time. And then now, uh, now it's your time. Shut up. Yeah, agreed. Okay. All right. Well, my number two is... Try to pay attention to this because I promise you it's an issue. All right. When people say, Are you going to watch Super Bowl? and they leave the out, I'm telling you right now, I don't know if you've ever <laughs> noticed this, Noel. Look, we don't live up north anymore. We live in the south. I never heard this up north ever, but this is a serious problem down here. And it's not specific to anybody. I'm at work and they're like, Oh, did you see Super Bowl? I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So they just omit the the completely. Yes. So and do they add Super Bowl 50? No. It's no, just it's straight just... up Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. If you say... Me go to Super Bowl. <laughs> if you say, do you watch Super Bowl? Did you watch Super Bowl 50? That's acceptable. But it's still... What are they, the Hulk? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you seeing these people at? At work. College educated people omitting the. It's like the negative or the positive of... The Ohio State University. That is so <laughs> annoying to me. But this is the opposite of that. Both are just as stupid. One needs the the, and the other one doesn't. People think I'm crazy when I say this, but I'm telling you. You are. It, I've I'm never not. heard it, but I will now, listen. I, my senses are heightened now. They will be. I'm telling you, we only have till Friday till the Super Bowl, but, <laughs> you know. Maybe it, I'll watch the eight-hour pregame show, and somebody will say, are you ready for... Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> then it starts to make me question, like, why is, like, 
Royal Rumble. Or did you watch the Royal Rumble? Oh my God! No, no, I'm I'm just you had to go there. Came off the top of my head. I know. But I why know. is WrestleMania? Did you watch WrestleMania? Why isn't it the WrestleMania? I don't know. It's kind of weird if you think about how the language works. So maybe they've been right all along. They may have. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe. Uh, but that's just something you want to think about, you know? It is annoying. If, if somebody says that, I'm going to call them out on it. There's I, no way. What, I, what I did you every, just say? It's happened to Super me at Bowl? least seven or eight times. No exaggeration. Wow. Yeah, this is a new one to me. Problem. All right. Uh, I guess we are moving on to number one. Aren't we at yeah, number one? Yeah. The, the wow. biggest number one annoyance that makes the Super Bowl suck is the fact that it's on a damn Sunday. Hey, that's my number one. Hey! <laughs> it I mean, is. It's the worst. That covers everything. I mean, why? There's nothing else going on. Please just make it a Saturday. Just make it a Saturday night game. It's so long. It's so draining. You go to these parties. You, you, even if you're just watching it at home on your couch, you're sitting for six hours straight because you want to see the stupid commercials that are always stupid. You want to see the halftime show. By the time you get up, you're exhausted. It's a long day. And by the time the stupid halftime show is over, you can't really enjoy the second half because work on Monday is hanging over your head and you know you got it. Totally right. And I understand they want to keep the rhythm going. They have Sunday games and it's called Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, I don't know. You can never change it, I guess. But what about all of the people that take off on the Monday after the Super Bowl? Right. I mean, it's it's an outrageous number. You're actually doing the country a disservice by having it on Sunday. <laughs> you are. Our productivity... <laughs> goes down the fucking shitter. You're either not going to work or you're going and blasted from the <laughs> night before. There's <laughs> right. one of the two. There's nothing good that's coming from a person to having the Super Bowl on a Sunday. There yeah. absolutely isn't. Yeah, you're destroying the country. Congratulations. Yeah, Adam. it's just having like another New Year's Eve. And I can understand like if they think that more people are going to watch the game because there's no off day the next day. But that's not even the case. Everybody does Super Bowl parties anyway. I don't think right. you have less Super Bowl parties because it's on Sunday. The logic behind it is, okay, people have to work the next day. That means less people are going to congregate together or go to yeah, bars or whatever. Right. I mean, maybe this year, but you know, for the most part, you know, normal years, yeah. everybody either goes to bars or you know, has right. multiple people at the same house. Maybe it'd be more if it was Saturday, but it would make people a lot happier. You know, absolutely. Can we, can we do that? Yeah, just make it happen, or just make Monday a national holiday, like the Hangover Day. Been calling for that for years, but <laughs> I, I don't know. think that's ever going to happen. So the yeah. easier way to do it is just change it to fucking absolutely. Saturday. I know that is by far the worst situation of the Super Bowl. That's why it sucks. Yeah. All right, that's the top five. So as promised, we are doing our Super Bowl predictions. You ready for this? We are so creditable oh, at our picks. <laughs> That people were willing to wait the entire show, uh -huh. this gauntlet of a show that we did, to hear our big Super Bowl Sunday picks. And you heard Ben Standig give his pick, even though I don't really believe that he believes that it's the Bucks. Yeah. You know, we had to dig in a little bit, and you yeah, know, he, yeah. he kind of conceded that Kansas City. Hey, 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 he picked him. It's official now. He it's picked official. the Bucks. Hey, he's a two-time mock draft winner. I don't know if you know this or not. They had like... 200 people, like real writers, do this. And he actually was number one twice, which is almost wow. impossible. Yeah. Wow. It's based off some point system or some shit, but it's it's pretty impressive. Nobody's ever won it twice. Anyway. That doesn't mean he can pick a Super Bowl, though. That I agree. But I'm saying that he, <laughs> All right. you know, is thinking outside yeah. the box. Yeah, yeah. All right. You want to go first? You want me to go first? No, go for it. All right. So Kansas City, I just can't see anybody stopping them. 
they just have too much speed across the board. The Bucks have a really good defense. They do. But the weakest part of that defense are their DBs. The Chiefs don't need to run the ball. They can if they want to, but they probably won't because the Bucks have a fantastic run defense. They're by far number one in the league, yep. but they don't have to. And they probably won't. Mahomes is probably going to pass like 60 times in this game. The Chiefs are, are just coached so well that they don't force the issue. They do what works. They take what's given to them. And Brady's going to try to keep pace. But no one in this league can do that. I don't really care who wins. I really don't. This is I have no dog in the fight. I just think Kansas City's their speed is just outrageous and no one's even close. So my prediction is Kansas City wins 38, Tampa 24. Oh, that's reasonable. I'm totally with you there. And I think good defense, better offense as far as Kansas City goes. You can keep them at bay for a period of time. I think Kansas City's defense is good enough, especially if they allow them to be physical like they were in the AFC Championship game, where they can blanket guys and things like that. I think Tampa is going to have some problems. And Kansas City's offensive efficiency, even if they get off to a slow start, we were like, oh, Tampa's in the game. Mahomes is sputtering a little bit. Is it that toe? And then all of a sudden, it's like 21 points in a matter of three possessions. Yeah, so I think, it's I think just, in the AFC Championship last year, they scored like 28 points in one quarter or something, right. or, or 35 or some You shit. can think that you're in the game all you want to, and then all of a sudden, the dam breaks. Yes. So for me, Tampa Bay's defense will keep them in the game for an extended period of time, and then eventually, it's just going to rear its ugly head, and... Tampa Bay's offense is not going to be able to keep up with Kansas City's offense. So I'm looking at Kansas City's going to win the game 35 to 28. And I think that they'll have probably a 35 to 21 lead or something like that. Brady will maybe make one last ditch effort and make the game look like a respectable score. But I think that uh, Kansas City's going to win. And I was going to say that as well. I think they're going to get kind of boat raced out of it. Right. You know, it's it's not even going to be close. And my score 38 to 24, it's going to be that looks closer than it actually was. You know, yeah. there will be some garbage time scoring and right. That's what I mean. I yeah. mean, like maybe a, like a, a field goal to get it into one possession by by Tampa Bay or something like that. When they're down by ten, they'll make it a seven point game or something to make it interesting to keep me in my seat at the sixth hour instead of getting up off my ass at five hours and forty five minutes. Now I'm like, oh my god, now I have to see what happens, and then nothing does. But I hope it's a good game. I hope it's a good game. Both teams are interesting, at least. It feels like a different type of Super Bowl. And um, like I said before, I got no dog in the fight, which is nice. And I don't hate both teams, which is nice as well. Yeah, we'll see. See how it goes. Uh, Hey, everybody always counts Brady out. Somehow he figures it out. So there's always that possibility. But I don't don't think it's going to happen this time for him. But anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and we will see you on Tuesday.